Brady in the second half, oh my goodness. It was like a totally different team. And uh, today he was like, he had those, you know, those great white shark eyes. He had those dead eyes on steroids. Like looking into Tom's soul today, it was like, it was very apparent that there's just no empathy left. He just, he just wants this bad. He just, he just wants, he's in kill mode. Happy Monday morning, everybody. This is Chris Long. I'm your host, and you are listening to the Greenlight Pod. Straight to the point today. Got a heavy stacked up week for you, so I'm going to move fast tonight. Um, in short, I'm going to talk to Stanford Steve. I already did. We uh, we hit a bunch of stuff. We had we had three questions for each other, and uh, a lot of sidebars. Games we hit: <clears throat> Kansas City and New Orleans, of course. Washington and Seattle. Uh, we talk a little bit about the Miami and New England game. And we talk about who is the worst quarterback that started a game this week, the NFC team that we trust the most in the playoffs, and the AFC team that you trust the least, uh, as well as some other topics. Oh, Jets-Rams, we hit that as well. Rams fans always complain that we don't talk about the Rams. Can't say, can't say I didn't do you any favors. <laughs> but we made it more about the Jets, so you'll be happy about that. So, Stanford Steve in a couple minutes, but first explaining my big week. It's Christmas week, right? It's insane. This, this year is at the same time, you know, it's fl- flown by and just crept by. Um, but here we are. And like many of you, I don't want to spend Christmas working. My family don't want me to spend Christmas working. I guess Friday is uh, Christmas day. Yeah, Cowboy Reed, is that right? That's right. Cowboy Reed's got a calendar. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Friday is Christmas day. So my co-host and I don't want to be working then. Usually we record Thursday night. That would be Christmas Eve. Uh, not so cute when my kids ask me, are you doing a podcast and it's Christmas Eve? We're going to record Wednesday. That'll be fun as it always is. That will drop Friday. Tomorrow, I'm getting to work on a very special podcast that I have for y'all dropping Wednesday. Uh, I have a friend named Giovanni Hamilton. He is from Philly. He is a 13-year-old and he has a successful podcast. Um, he also has a rare muscle condition um, named Schwartz-Jample. It is something that he he battles with, and he has some surgeries that he has to have. Eagles fans are always behind him. He's kind of a fan favorite. He used to come to practice, and now he's got a um, a podcast over at Eagles Brawl. It's called Philly Sports with Giovanni. It's really good. I was on it. Um, this year, and he's a very good interviewer, and he had a lot of great guests this this year. And it's a lot of Philly-type people that have been on his podcast, but I thought it would be cool if we did a pod. Zach Ertz's mother, Lisa Ertz, has started a GoFundMe for Giovanni and uh, some of his medical expenses. We're gonna try to chip in here at Greenlight, and part of the concept is gonna be having him on here, and we're gonna have four or five NFL players on. Gio and I are going to kind of co-host the pod. You know, Zach's definitely stopping by, but a couple other guys as well from a bunch of different teams are going to stop by and uh, and spread the word uh, and raise some money. I know Eagles fans will step up, but if you're listening and you like football, um, check this kid's story out and also check out his podcast. 
and check out Wednesday. But to do that uh, and, and to get a little detail on how you can help, please check out my social media tomorrow and the next day and I'll have some information on how you can help make somebody's holiday because um, gosh, it's a tough year for everybody, but um, I can only imagine having bills on top of bills in the medical department and that's what Gio and his, his very supportive and awesome family have to deal with. But he's a brave kid, he takes it in stride and I can't wait to have him kind of co-host this pod. And Greenlight Faithful, let's do something good. Let's, let's get this guy's bills paid off, man. You know, Zach Ertz has done a great job. Lisa Ertz has done a great job of, uh, of rallying some people's support. I figured this, this pod could really be a good football pod, but also introduce you to a, a kid that I know uh, who's, who, who, has, who does a great job at, at, at this thing and I'll also raise some money for a good cause. So that'll be Wednesday. Um, I'll give you some more information. Follow me at Joel91, also Laflama Blanca 95 on Instagram if you haven't done that. I should take the time because I'm not really a good, like, I don't know, self-promoter. Subscribe to this pod if you haven't. Rate us like five stars if you feel like it. I don't say that enough. I know everybody else says, you know, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Like I barely ever remember to say that. But also follow me on social so you can get that information. And if you're wondering the La Flama Blanca thing, everybody asked me that. The pride of Fredericksburg, Virginia, Danny McBride, has a, uh, a legendary character uh, named Kenny Powers from the television show uh, Eastbound and Down, which is one of the best of all time. And um, I don't know, I was so inspired by the player that I made it my Instagram handle. So yeah, uh, if you're ever wondering, that's what it is. Follow me on social and I'll get you more information on Wednesday. Also, as promised, I will dive into the Eagles more uh, on Wednesday as well as the Bucks. but I just do want, I do want to say this about the Eagles game. You know, I woke up this morning, I saw the Carson Wentz report um, that, my God, he doesn't want to be in Philly anymore if he's a backup quarterback. And I saw all types of former players and media members kind of like, listen, we get it. You guys don't like him. Like, just say he's, he hasn't been good at football this year and move on. Like, it's, he's not the first guy to want out of a situation that objectively hasn't been great. Um, and he won't be the last. And he won't be the last guy if it was him and his agent who leaked that to do something like that. It's the way things work in the league. The Eagles are moving on in, a, in some capacity, it looks like. And the Carson Wentz party seems to be saying, well, we want to move on too. And I get that. Although the number that he is, uh, he's there at makes it really hard to conceive him leaving. I don't think it's a big fucking deal that he wants to leave, guys. Does that mean you're a bad guy? I saw some media members who are real pro-player mobility, pro-player at every turn. They're afraid to criticize. And the minute Carson asks out of Philly, because it's just, it's run its course, he's a bad guy. Um, I don't see it that way. My tweet today was essentially that, yes, there are circumstances that led to Carson that exacerbated his failures this year, but he struggled to find his footing. He's missed easy throws. He's He hasn't been able to turn things around for this team. And the team's not great, but Jalen Hurts has been more than a spark. He actually looks through two games like somebody you you might be excited about developing or somebody that can, you can win now with because if you're talking about the guy that we saw today, you can win now with that guy. You know, like last week I thought, all right, probably going to need him to develop some. He made some really nice throws. I like his touch. I think he's got great poise. But, uh, you know, you're not going to run for 200 yards every week. 
well, this this week it wasn't all about the running game, and I thought that, you know, I I thought the Eagles would lose. I picked them to lose, but um, certainly I didn't see them losing this way. They were competitive. They were even explosive at times offensively, and there is something to the offense being run differently because you can do different things with him in a crisis situation. But the guy has tremendous poise. He delivered some really nice throws today, some real big boy NFL tosses. And I think one of the things that he does objectively better than Carson right now, you know, just off the bat, is touch. The touch that he has on his passes, it's easy to see that that's one of his strengths. And that's a nice place to be. I mean, because like you could be a world beater in this league without having a tremendously strong arm. And he has a pretty strong arm, from what I can tell. But if you can make those touch passes, if you can change speeds, if you're a passer, not a thrower, I guess that's the way quarterbacks, uh, and people who know quarterbacks term it, guys that can vary their speeds, uh, throwing the football, different parts of the field, different throws are going to look different. Like, he, he, he knows how to do that stuff. And um, you can tell right off the bat, the poise is great. So I got, of course clickbaited right as I sent that tweet, which really is a totally vanilla and sensible tweet that, hey, listen, there's a lot of factors that cause Carson's failures this year, but he has to own them, and I think he knows that, but it's also reasonable that he wants out. I got NBCSN Philadelphia. They they did the serious-looking picture of me. Chris Long weighs in and lays blame. Eyeball emoji. All you got to do is just fucking retweet me, and you really don't have to. So I said I'm going to go Kyrie Irving on NBCSN. I don't even know who works for NBCSN. I think I have some friends that work there, but I'm sorry I can't talk to you on the record anymore. I'm Kyrie Irving ing NBCSN. I'm gonna be I'm gonna go outside their building and just burn sage everywhere. And everybody's gonna be like, whoa, dude, he's deep. And he doesn't talk to the media. Yeah, because I don't feel like getting clickbaited. Not about it, like, you know, it's like when you clickbait somebody it's one thing, but when you do it about a former teammate, it's another thing. Just fucking retweet me. As for the box, man. Brady in the second half, oh my goodness. It was like a totally different team. And uh, today he was like, he had those, you know, those great white shark eyes. He had those dead eyes on steroids. Like looking into Tom's soul today, it was like, it was very apparent that there's just no empathy left. He just, he just wants this bad. He just, he just wants, he's in kill mode. And this has been one of the biggest struggles of his career probably lining up against expectations, um, however realistic they've been. And I think he's just fucking fed up and he wants this thing to work really bad. And you can see in his face, uh, but you can't will yourself to execute. You got to execute. And they did in the first half. They did in the second half. And I will dive in and look at what halftime adjustments they made come back on Wednesday. I'll tack that on to the end of the pod, do a little deep dive. I will say though, today, Carlton Davis made a huge play sticking the defense of the Buccaneers who were just getting carved up for much of the first half. Matt Ryan looked vintage. The touch on the passes he was throwing were unbelievable. He looks like he's going to go up 21-0 on the Bucs, and it was about time to stick a fork in them. And Carlton Davis makes a huge play before the half to keep it at 17-0. And that, to me... 21 nothing at the half, although 28 to three, the Falcons, that whole thing, it's hard to come down from three touchdowns down against a team that's been moving the ball like that. There's a big difference between 17 and 21. And it turned out that that was uh, the difference in the game. That was a huge play by him. 
and he saved that touchdown. And actually, Winfield probably made the play of the game defensively, although Devin White was all over the place, and Winfield's play that I'm about to mention set up a third Devin White sack. I mean, he was this guy can run and hit anything. But late in the game, Ridley gets behind the defense in the end zone, including Winfield, and Winfield's closing speed and ability to turn around, run full speed, find Ridley, track the ball, get his left hand on it. That guy is not playing like a rookie. Unbelievable, this kid. Just he, he's got the presence of a 10-year vet. It's, it's, it really is something different about his leadership qualities and his kind of intangibles. Talk all day about him being un- undersized and that sort of thing, and you know having a dad who played in the league, and that can that can help. You know, certainly I, I can tell you that from experience. But being a rookie is being a rookie, and it certainly um, helps to have him on a good defense, an established defense with a guy like Todd Bowles. Like certainly it helps to be well coached and have good pieces around you and players to lean on. And success breeds individual success. But he's been a like key player on a team that I still think is a contending team now. I saw guys, I watch ESPN, they know who they are, jumping off the Bucks bandwagon. I don't want to hear it in the playoffs. I've been asked like three, four times on, on shows I've been on this year, so are you ready to count the Bucks out? Are the Bucks done? Can the Bucks still win? Like, dude, long season, late bye week, I have a feeling they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Okay? You'll be wrong. And when I'm wrong... They get beaten the first round is what it is. But you got young players growing up before your eyes. You know, Winfield, that offense really started clicking late in the game. It clicked later in the game against Minnesota. So they're making adjustments. Their first 15, whatever they're doing game plan wise, just set it on fire. Throw it out because they start slow as fuck. I don't know what it is about these guys, but it's slow. And, you know, second half, it's apparent, tight ends, a little bit more play action. Mike Evans finds a way to get involved. I'm going to dive deeper into that. But another comeback win for Tom against Matt Ryan. And uh, feel bad for Matt because he came out there balling today. And he was like, he was playing like his hair was on fire. But the Falcons continue to blow leads. They're evaluating Raheem Morris right now. It sure would be nice to have that win under his belt. I would hate it if that was the difference in him being retained as an interim, you know, and them looking down Arthur Blank and saying, well, we looked better, but we're still blowing leads. Like, what the hell is going on here? That would have been a a big win for Raheem Morris. You can tell this Falcon team, there's no quitting them. They were one of the only teams today that were eliminated. So they played like that wasn't the case. They they almost uh, got the W. I'll get into the Eagles. I'll get into the Bucks more on Wednesday. And pick them standings today. There was a tie at first place. Five, five, and two, making an eye tied. Uh, Kate, four, six, and two. And uh, my lovely wife, Meg, three, seven, and two. She had, must have been a long weekend with the boys. Stressful. Didn't get her picks in until Sunday morning. I knew something was wrong. I felt bad, though, because she wanted to pick the Jets, and I was like, they might not score. Boy, was I wrong. On the season... And the season's young for us because we are late out of bed here at Greenlight. Um, we've only been doing this three weeks. I'm in first place, 18, 17, and two. Meg's in second place, 16, 19, and two. Kate is in third place, 15, 20, and two. And Macon bringing up the rear, 13, 22, and two. So 
I just want to take this time to remind people that if you have a podcast out there, some of you guys in in uh, football and sports media, if you do a pick them graphic on your podcast and you don't include your wives, obviously you don't love your wives as much as uh, Macon and I love our very lovely wives. Um, I'm just saying, most respectful podcast out there to our wives. We sure do respect them, and I am very pleased to uh, include them every week in the in the pick'em. And it's not just because I feel like in, you know it's it's it makes them feel good to include them. It's because they're capable, very capable of picking these games. In fact, that's making how capable they are. Running him out of the gym. I don't know who's worse. Me on Thursday night, I'm going to the Waffle House for 24 hours. I'm going to eat so many waffles, I'm going to be out of there in fucking no time. I'm going to eat 24 waffles so fast because he didn't say that you can't eat 24. He didn't put like a limit on it. I'm going to eat 24 waffles in like three hours. I'm going to be out of there. There's no penalty for losing the Pick'em this year. We just figured it'd be better to start it now and later. And uh, I am rolling. So... Uh, without further ado, let's get to Steve and enjoy the pod Wednesday. We'll, we'll, we'll drop some more info on that coming up. The 2021 basketball season is here. The teams around the league took the offseason to retool and revamp and are ready to hit the court. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has rolled out another one of their can't-miss offers. Trying DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, so what are you waiting for? Get in on all the action now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. That's code GREENLIGHT for new players to get a shot at $100 on any featured matchup this week. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Stanford Steve's in the building, packed weekend, championship weekend. It was kind of anticlimactic, in my opinion. You know, at mm-hmm. least the games I watched were kind of boring. But we had some good games in, in the NFL this weekend. Let's start with college, dude. Mm-hmm. You got a good rant in you. I heard <laughs> offline the word was broken. Describe why college football is broken right now. Well, Chris, you, you have to start with at the top and the teams that weren't involved uh, in, in getting into the playoff. And then you look at, you know, farther down the rankings, Oklahoma jumps an undefeated Cincinnati, undefeated Coastal, doesn't get an opportunity um, to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And they have a common opponent with Iowa State, who now has three losses. And Iowa State's going to a, to a New Year's Six Bowl, and they're not. They're going to the Fiesta Bowl. And Coastal has a common opponent, which they beat. And Iowa State lost to him by 17 points. It's it. It's pretty obvious, as Joey Galloway said. You have to tell these group of five teams and the non-power five what they have to do to get in. Right. And I understand that we had a shortened season, and SEC teams. You know, everybody played a conference schedule uh, for the most part. But to to see Cincinnati fall again after winning a conference. I mean, they played at last night in an absolute monsoon right. uh, in Cincinnati and, and it, and they get a win and they win a conference championship. And you say, you, you say undefeated conference champion. That's what you need to be a part of the discussion. And they're still not part of the discussion. That's a problem with the sport for the people that want eight teams in a playoff. I think this is the first step we needed. We needed to see what the committee takes for, um, takes into, in, into consideration 
and know now that it's, it's really not possible now. I mean, we have two one-loss teams in there. We have a team with six wins in there, and it's just – it's not fair. And if you go down the line, you know, you have two-loss SEC teams that are still in the top ten. Coastal still doesn't get in the top ten. Uh, it's, it's, it, it feels broken, and it feels like it seems – needs some – some major fixes. And I think the majority of the people around the sport were, would be down for the expansion now after seeing what the committee did uh, today. I would say so. And I don't want 12 teams. I don't want 16 teams. I think eight is just fine. I think everybody, everybody's always like, well, if you get eight, you're going to want 12. That's not necessarily true. No, because when you get in the eight, you can, you still have the best team argument, which, which I get, you know, really frustrated with all the time because I see teams lose and then we still talk, well, I'm not sure they're not the better team. I'm like, well, why are we playing then? Yeah. If we have head to head matchups, why are we playing? Like at some point teams that lose have to get penalized and you just didn't see it this year. And it's really, really frustrating. How much of it is driven by, selling tickets which this year you're not but the, yeah. the media part of it because like the, the the tv part because to me and and maybe i'm just throwing my hands up and and being selfish and i'd much rather see if you're notre dame and you get beat like that we talked before the game we said hey if it's a 10 point game you know like they're gonna mm-hmm. stay in i mean it ends up being a three score game for most mm-hmm. of it three four scores and no question they're in they're the four they're playing bama but yep. like, what the fuck is the point? And I'd much rather, as a viewer, if I'm going to see a team get blown out, I'd rather see Coastal get blown out. Uh-huh. I'd rather see Cincy get blown out. I want to see that Boise State situation from way back. You know, I, I'll always remember the the Cinderella getting a shot. And I know that's mm-hmm. maybe not you know like, but when the ma- when the math at the end of the year supports, you know, the the team with the lesser profile nationally getting the shot, it yep. doesn't work out that way, and it sucks. And I guess I would ask you. How much different would a Bama Coastal game than a Notre Dame game be? Because I figure Notre Dame is going to be competitive for a little bit, but Bama, it might not be like the national championship some years back, but is is going to pull away. Yeah, I mean they are lethal, and it also brings back the idea of the BCS. Like if we just still had the BCS, it'd be Alabama and Clemson. Oh, like boy. let's go, yeah. you know, strap it up and yeah. and go. So it. There's a lot of work that has to be done, but I think honestly, from what happened today with the decisions that were made with bowl games, I really think the foot is going to be stepped on the gas as far as expanding this thing uh, because all the little guys always just want a shot. How yeah. do you get a shot? If you can't, if you go undefeated and win your conference championship, what else, what else can you ask for? You need to tell them that before the year. You yeah, need, exactly. Need, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like they yeah. need to know. You need to just you need to set the expectation. I feel like the expectation is not clearly set so that you have loopholes to do whatever the fuck you want come uh December and January. Mm-hmm. Um any team in the power five that you see challenging, you know, and creating some parity in the next three to five years, one of these mid market kind of teams that might break up this this power. Yeah, uh, circle that we have going on in college football. It's just got a vice grip. Um, I think Mac Brown could do it in North Carolina. I really that was do. one that was on my mind because they could make a, a single run and win the AC championship. And I mean, like you look at the talent they have this year. It's it's oh. offensively and, and he's and he's killing it recruiting. Guy, he's guy, killing it's it. totally counterintuitive. You bring in an old guy and the recruiting gets better. Like what other yeah. old guys are recruiting better? 
You know what I mean? Well, like, he he's been really smart about it. I know. I can, you know, I'm, this is hats off to him. Uh, you know, I I looked at some of the things I wanted, like Dre Bly is 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 on that staff, and like I'm looking at you know South Virginia down on the beach and they're getting a lot of guys from down there, mm-hmm. you know, the old mm-hmm. Newport news yeah, and all down we there, got, man, like that. We know we how much of a hotbed it is down there. We you, know, you, you guys know that more than anybody. That's the honey hole. Yeah. So it is, I, I think a team like that, I think, I know it sounds crazy and they're your most hated school, but like Loxley did really well recruiting like this area where I'm living now and the DMV is loaded yeah. with talent. Alabama's, I think, I think I look, Alabama has three starters from DMV. Really? You know, like well, that's I mean, where, you that's guys. Where they you, get, I'm not telling you something that you don't know well, for sure. But that's where you, that's where they got uh, the kid who's with Dallas now, um, Diggs. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, there's always a number of of great. Terrell Lewis was a stud. The Demath yeah. area and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 in that mid Atlantic region that some of the I feel like down in the SEC, it's just lock and key. I mean, there's just no. You're not doing anything about it. You're not going in and taking recruits out any anywhere like that. But like one of these ACC schools, or maybe a a Big Ten school, because you mentioned that you know before we got on is like outside Ohio State, who you know have been conference is average. The, the, the conference, conference is, average. is incredibly average. But also too, like with the Pac-12 now, like their excuse of how late they got started this year, they never had a shot. Like we knew they didn't have no. a shot. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. And even going, you know, a little bit more east with the Big 12, like Oklahoma has has had their times and they've had their talent and they've been blessed at the quarterback position with, you know, two guys from Oklahoma that played against each other today and Jalen and Kyler Murray. How about Murray. that? Two transfers. Yeah. You know? Amazing. Yeah. So you factor that in, like, you – to expand it, like, you have to give those teams a chance because if I'm out west – like I look at the Pac-12, right? The coach of Colorado left Colorado, which was the best job in the country when I was growing up. Colorado was the best. I talked to every recruit, every host I ever had in college. Their favorite trip was going to Boulder. Right. And the coach it's, uh, left. It's amazing. Coach left there to go to Michigan State. Which is in shambles. That the program exactly. Is in and that is just telling me I'm I'm out of here, man. Like yeah. I don't have a chance out here. Yeah. And that 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 was really eye opening to me because that was to me big picture about the conference. It wasn't about Colorado and coaching Colorado and building it up. It was just saying I'm at the bottom right now and I got to rebuild Colorado. And even if I do, I still don't have a chance. I'm, I'm and, looking at the ceiling, even if I'm a nine ten win team. Exactly. And yeah. poor Colorado, they got their game pulled. They weren't even giving them a chance, and then they dropped out of the top twenty five this week. So it's there's a lot of work to do. And I'm hopeful. The one thing everybody says is, is Zoom. These Zoom calls we're doing is this positive, negative. I'm hoping it's a positive for the sport of college football because it's still it feels like it's a hell of a lot easier to get people on the phone and have some meetings now. So yeah, maybe that's no a step excuse. In looking for positives Let's in 2020. Go. Yeah. Speaking of positives, you, uh, uh-huh. we, we, I know you got three questions for me tonight. We'll do it this way. You got three for me. I got three for you. Okay. We'll just trade them off because I gotta. You know. I got to spend time on the Eagles, uh, and we'll do that when you leave, and I'll spare you because I got to deal with that fucking. It's fascinating, man. It's it, it, I, I was I I was tired of it six weeks ago, and it just keeps it just keeps bringing you back in. Imagine every time you speak, like, and do your job as a podcaster, because now I'm technically a member of the media, professional podcaster. Yeah, NBCSN Philly, uh, you know, quotes me online and clickbaits mm. me like I'm a fucking current player. 
Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, they kind of frame it like Chris Long's take. I'm like, my job is the take. Plug my podcast yeah. and just fuck off. And don't Green give light me, takes. Oh, my gosh. Just just retweet me. I, I do a tweet <laughs> about Carson Wentz, and they bury the tweet in an article. They wrote an article about my tweet. Just fucking retweet me. And don't mislead with... Okay. You got a question. I do. How happy are you for the New York Jets? I am happy for the... Well, I'm not happy for the franchise, okay? I got a buddy up there, upstairs, Joe Douglas. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't... You know, like, I'm sure Joe Douglas wants to win, but I don't know. And I haven't talked to Joe about who he wants next year, but let's say they're settled on, on Sunshine. I'm not happy for the franchise. For the players, though... I That's who I'm talking fuck about. The guys in that locker yeah, room. And, and, and I could give a fuck less about, you know, if I'm a player, I give a fuck less about the front office because they're going to cut a ton of these guys at the end of the year. And players, they always have different needs and, and, and they don't align with front office needs. And we've gone mm -hmm. over this year, uh, we've gone over this tanking concept a lot this year. Jason Kelsey had a great speech last week, right? Yes, he did. Jason Kelsey is as real as it gets and he's telling the truth. And, you know, that's the bottom line. You, it is not in your best interest to lose if you are on the field in any capacity or up there as a coordinator in those uh, offices up in the sky, in the sky boxes. Your job is to win and win now because usually if you're on a bad team, what do they do? They hit the reset button and you're all without mm -hmm. a job. And that's why I thought the Greg Williams thing was so dumb. Like you really think like this guy's getting yeah. fired a month. You think he wants to lose a game and embarrass himself? The Jets have been tirelessly trying to win games. I feel good for Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. um, Sam Darnold's been playing, you know, thinking he's auditioning, and now he might be back in the building. <laughs> Adam Gase is auditioning. Not that I think today changes a whole lot. It wasn't just the fact that they got a win. I'm glad they saved their win for now because that was a really good defense that they moved the ball against. Non-stop non all day. Um, and, and, and staved off a, a furious comeback in the second yeah. half. And listen, you know, the the... May, who they you know take a shot at? Well, they take a shot on third and four at the end of the game when they need it. The Rams do, which was curious. If yeah. you're gonna take a shot on fourth and four, why are you taking a shot on third and four? Maybe two high percentage plays. You've been running them all second half. Anyways, they take a shot at May, who breaks up a pass. Great play by him. It was just for me the captain, the guy who was obviously very hurt after that game they dropped a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a big deal to him. It's a big deal to those guys. It's Christmas week, man. Yeah. Christmas week. I mean, this is the week you get to be with your families for like half a day. You know, like <laughs> there, there's some festivities around the building, especially on a team that's going home. You have to understand when you're, when you're, when you're, you got your eyes on the finish line, you cannot help but look forward to it on a team that's got one or zero or two wins in December. And that's okay. These guys are busting their ass every Sunday. But when they leave that building, they cannot wait for January 1st because yeah. it's a huge release. And you guys, th these guys have been a meme for four months, a meme. And they got to go out and get hit to be a meme. It's hard, man. So I'm really happy for that team. I'm really happy for them, too. That, I know you do your uh, best flight, worst flight thing. Like that's That's got to that. be a good one. That might make the cut. <laughs> that, might be, that might make the cut. I really hope they let those guys drink on that flight. When you drink on to. the way home from, um, fuck it, I'll do that. I'm going to do the superlatives in the pod tonight, guys. I'm going to give the Jets best flight home. And listen, that bottle of Crown <laughs> is not good for your hydration. It's not good for your body the next day. But when you've been working for that first win, 
for three plus months and you've been the butt of everybody's joke, I hope you get absolutely shit-faced on the flight home and fall going down the stairs and not hurt yourself, but it, it, it wasn't a good flight if you don't stumble going down on the tarmac. One of those games, I, I played my, I played one of my best games uh, and we tied the 49ers. Uh, and I was getting on the bus and fell on my face in St. Louis when we got off the flight. And Jeff Fisher was staring right at me as I got up. And he said, you played your ass off today. <laughs> he said, enjoy yourself. That's Absolutely. The, that's what it's about, man. I mean, after a football game, there's a big release. I hope those guys got it. And for the Rams, man, holy shit. The fact uh, that I, I, I described that sequence late, the third and four, the fourth and four, after all mm -hmm. that work you did to come back, and the hole you put yourself in. But then that yeah. defense that I've been calling the number one defense in the league, all they got to do is get one stop in two sets of downs, and they can't do it. And Frank Gore, mm -hmm. I'll give another award out. We give uh, the Frank Gore Award, the Love of the Game Award, sponsored by the St. Louis Rams, and he won it this week just for picking up that game icing first down. The look on his face when he got up, you think about some of those old guys, Steve? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, this whole tanking thing. Like I, I just think about these guys are, and then like all the testing they got to be doing, and and just there's not one good thing being no, said. No, on a normal year on. it sucks. On a normal oh. year it sucks. It is it is incomprehensible to me to be on a terrible football team in a pandemic. There is no release no. for these guys. There's no going Zero. out to dinner. There's no you know seeing your family when they come in. When you're on a bad team. Do you know how comforting that is for your parents to come in and give you a hug after the game? Well, I only had one that would come in because one of my parents has a flat top and works on NFL Fox on Sunday, but my mom would fly in. And every game after we'd lose in the, in, in the bottom of, of the Edward Jones Dome, you'd look around and, get, and it just meant a lot to have that hug or like mm -hmm. see your buddies come in and go out drinking on a Sunday night after a tough game. You know, there's none of that this year. You're no. walking around the facility in masks. Holy shit. So big, big deal for them. And Frank Gore, man, we might have just, if that gave him the juice, the motivation to continue, we might have just seen the catalyst uh, for Frank hanging on, on long enough to, to do the Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. football thing. <laughs> I don't know if the, his son at Southern Miss has is, is got yeah. the stuff, but yeah. it'd be cool, man. I, I'm like, you know, I'm That's holding out hope. That that's a whole new level. I can't even think of that. Because <laughs> the Bra the Bronny thing is cool. It's undeniably this cool. This is football. This is He's football. a running back. This is football. He was drafted low because they were worried about the the, the miles on his tires. And he just fucking he's a Toyota. <laughs> he just kept running. He just kept running. And also, funny twist in this game. Um, and Jimmy Traina, shout out to Jimmy at uh, at SI. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah, he's the man. So. So he had a good tweet. He beat me to it because I was sitting there thinking about something. He goes, listen, this block in the back by Higby is the thing that's going to keep the Jets from getting that first pick. What I had just been thinking five minutes earlier is that punter tackling 14 on mm. a house call, essentially, mm. an inexplicably great tackle by a punter in the open field, like literally <laughs> cut him down. And that is the difference right there. Trevor Lawrence is thinking about all that money he could win or make in New York off the field. And I don't know if he's a Jacksonville guy or a New York guy, no state tax, bunch of money off the field, Joe Douglas, uh, <laughs> that whole thing. But in that moment, you're like, holy shit, the, the trajectory of a franchise just changed because of a punter 
tackling a punt returner. That is insane to me. That's what we're in right now. That's football, man. Yeah, football. The inches we need are everywhere around us. (laughs) And the the Jets couldn't get them. Those pesky players, man. They just stood up and, and, and all the Jets fans are booing them and they won the fucking game. Also, shout out to Frank Bush. Uh, stepping in as DC, he was an old coach of mine and a Greg Williams guy. Uh, but with Greg out, he had to he had to he had to get the job done today, and he did a masterful job. Rams finished with the Cards and the Hawks. What do you do if you're the Jets, Steve? Oh man, this is a great question. Uh, first of all, I pay my general manager because he's in charge of these decisions. Mm-hmm. I'll say I will say, Chris, I'm I'm a I'm a Sam Darnold guy. I I think he can do it. I think he showed a hell of a lot today. Oh, man. You talked about the, the superlatives of that Rams defense. He dropped a couple dimes today that were just like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I will just say that Sam doesn't have the best toys to play with on offense. Yeah. And he should be giving, he should be given the right to see what he could do with some proper, some edible toys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the Trevor thing. And and now, you know, Jacksonville has the lead because of the, the strength of schedule. Yeah. yeah, the tiebreaker. I think Sam could do it. I and think I know this pe- is going to be a moot point. I think this is going to be a moot point. I'm just looking at it now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Jags beat the Bears this week. Oh, boy. I think in a twist. No of, one looks ahead to next week more better than you do. You're unbelievable <laughs> I, with it. I'm just, it is unreal. But I'm just looking at it. I'm just saying. By the Damn, way, I'm not going to make. I'm not going to wake up Monday morning and get my text from you like, "Hey, uh, I really got to get like on that Jacksonville plus four and a half <laughs> hosting the Bears," which is probably what it'll be. I don't know if the look ahead line, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say plus plus four and a half in that okay. marquee matchup that everybody's wondering what the line's going to be. I just I feel like it's the type of year where they go out and fuck it up and win a game. Here they put Minshew back in. He's literally yeah. your best chance to win a game. Okay. And I know Doug Marone's playing for his job, but Doug Marone ain't going to mm. have a job. If Sunshine is looking you in the face there, that makes it interesting. That, that, that changes the complexion of how you make that hire and who's being talked to. I know that Dabo would be tough to pull from his little kingdom mm. there in Clemson. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, the whole, the whole game has changed now. You make a yeah. totally different hire with, with, you know, if you're drafting – even fields, I feel like, than you do if you're drafting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm, I'm with you there. I think the Jags beat the Bears next week, and I Love think we're it. back to square one, and the Jets still get early leans, hot takes. But you know, here. you know what I will say um, to your point. I am, I can be coerced on on Sam Darnold. I can, okay. I totally get the the fucked up situation he's been put in, and I don't think I'd take Justin Fields over him. No, no, I, I don't like, I just, no. I don't, I'm not in love with the kid enough. And if, and if I'm, and if I'm the Jets, I know Sam Darnold really well. Joe Douglas is going to make the right decision. These are decisions mm-hmm. that make or break a franchise. I feel like he's going to make the right decision. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see, Agreed. but I would take Sam Darnold. Uh, I would take sunshine over Sam Darnold. So, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I see that's where I suck though, Chris. Cause like, I don't know the money situation. I know Sam's up against it now and that whole thing. So that's, like I said, that's why you pay well, the general manager in. to make that decision. And that's why, you know, that's why if the Eagles have accidentally struck gold with Jalen hurts and he is what he looks like over the first couple games, at least 
you know, it's almost like if they hadn't done the thing where they paid the other guy uh, a bajillion dollars, you have a rookie deal quarterback, and that's just such yeah. a big deal. So look at the Seahawks. That's yeah. how they did it. Yep, that's yep. how they did it. Absolutely. All right. So question number two, Steve-O. All right, Chris. I was watching Washington and Seattle today. Speaking yeah. of Russell Wilson, and I got me to thinking in this week so far of games that we've seen, who started the worst quarterback? Golly, I think I know your answer. And again, I could, the floor isn't as low as I thought. And you could say, and I don't want to be disrespectful to Colt McCoy Mm because I respect him and he's capable. Yep. But he's just, you know, like he's a, he's been a journeyman kind of guy. Um, Yep. Of the guys who, I I would say Drew Locke over Haskins because I've seen a big enough sample size of Drew Locke that Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's something with Haskins still that somebody more competent could get out of him. And I'm not saying Scott Turner. Again, we talked about this. I, I kind of shit on Scott Turner and he's, he's, I was wrong. He's, he's done a good job there. Yeah. Um, but Haskins and him haven't had enough time now. Maybe they saw enough. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I I just look at look at what they are sitting on the verge of with Philly losing, all right, and the Giants losing tonight. Like they're in the playoff mix oh, with yeah. the worst possible starting quarterback. But they didn't get there with the worst possible starting I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. They're so leaving like, the most meat on the bone with the guy they trotted out this week. Yes. For sure. So and and it just it's just like that's where they are. And then, you know, I bring it up again, but like Philadelphia, like wh- where, where, like, can't, what, where, where are we going there? Right. You know, like Carson says, he's not going to back it up. Okay. Well, I have a solution. Could the Colts go get Carson Wentz? Do you think Frank Wright can fix oh, Carson abso- Wentz? I, I absolutely do. And I've talked about this in this pod a good bit. And people get really confused when you give a nuanced take. And my take isn't even that nuanced. You just have to like, Put down all the bullshit you're doing and and listen closely to the words that I'm saying through your iPhone right now. Carson Wentz deserved to be benched. Mm -hmm. The problems that exacerbated his poor play were not all his fault. And he could use a fresh start and could stabilize somewhere else. These things are all true, okay? Carson did not play well this year. Uh, and they didn't help him much uh, around him. But mm-hmm. I think he ends up in Indy. He ends up in San Francisco. Wow. Fuck, he ends up in Denver. I mean, things are just better, right? Like, look at the investment in the toys they made out in, in Denver. They never successfully made that investment in, in Philly. And up front, you're, you're going with your 14th straight. And Jalen Hurts did a beautiful job today. If you're not a crisis management kid like Jalen Hurts, who just comes comes in there uh, wet behind the ears and you know he's got the, the fresh legs to get out of situations and the yeah. athleticism and the poise. I really like his poise too. Mm-hmm. Well, poise is also affected by being hammered for two, three plus years by the media and by, by the opposing pass rushers and, and by not having the weapons. So th- these are things that all factor in and I do think that Frank could absolutely get Carson back to being a very serviceable fringe top 10 quarterback. But the money's not right. I got you. I got you. And like I it's said, the money thing I can't ever figure out. But it's a hypothetical. I can tell you that honestly, like it, it's very unlikely that they get that deal done. But it's crazy to me that 
the novel coronavirus has changed, possibly changed the, cor- the course of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Indianapolis Colts if you're to believe they get that deal done because the cap going down is the reason they probably can't. Because, all right, so this is like a multi-piece thing that I wanted to try and construct because, all right, I mentioned, because I think it's Haskins. I think he's the like, I just don't think he could do right. it. I really like the system from Ohio State and just translating it. And, they, and I thought Jonathan Villeneuve was awesome today, talking about all the things that they tried to do with the wristband and everything like that. And then I just look at team, because at the same time, the other game that I have on is Cowboys and Niners. Right. And I'm looking at those quarterback situations with what they started. And I'm like, holy shit, like Philly, Washington, or I mean, I should say Philly, Philly is set, but they have an option. Maybe right. if they get went, you know, they have a, a, a move to make with Wentz, but Dallas and San Francisco are so not what they're going to look like first day of the year. No, next but they year. still look serviceable with patchwork. And, and what about a quarterback? Like we talked about fields, like who's getting that upgrade of a quarterback position? Because I look at the situation. I'm like, Washington, San Francisco, Dallas, Washington's probably going to go to the playoffs, but like, there's a, I think like the Niners have a better base when all healthy right. than Washington, Dallas. And I just, it just, it's those teams are that close. And, you know, we saw where San Francisco went last year and we know, or I should say, we think we know what they're going to do in right. moving on at the quarterback position. But I'm like, it's, it's that close, man, this league. And you're just watching these teams and it's just like, and the NFC, especially because there's another question I have about that. It's like, it's it's that it's that close. It's the quarterback, man. It like is the quarterback. It, it, it's unbelievable how close these teams are. And most quarterbacks that you watch on Sundays are guys that can't carry a franchise. Okay, we know that. But there are some guys that can get you out of a tight spot or do the, mm-hmm. the easy things. I mean, there's a cluster of quarterbacks that aren't going to carry a team, but can hit the open receiver. Can get you some. And Haskins today is the reason they didn't have another win. I mean, he is the the antithesis of Smith, okay, in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will also say that 55 passes a lot for the kid right off the bench, which is why I'm saying I'd probably take Haskins over Locke based on the sheer number of things that he's had thrown at him, in my opinion. You know, the the rookie year, you know, I think he could have done a lot better. Listen, when he got benched, there were people attributing it to all types of things, and I was like, hey, let's pump the brakes. This kid's just not been very good. And, yeah. and newsflash, when there's a new fucking regime and you haven't been very good, the guy doesn't care, and he doesn't read Twitter, and he doesn't read think pieces about why you know Dwayne Haskins deserves another shot. Like He just hasn't played one. Well there's a new guy, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think the two picks today were absolutely killer. Everything else he did just fine. I mean... It was the it was the picks and it was taking the two sacks late. That was those were the things that bothered you the most. But I will say this: the the picks were bad. First one led led to points off a tip. The second one was even worse. I think with him, it's sheer overconfidence when he and I'm not saying arrogance or cockiness. I'm saying when he gets rolling in some capacity early on, nine for thirteen, not incredibly spectacular, but efficient. A lot of balls to Logan. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this guy's become a ball catching machine, but then he goes and throws that tip ball pick. Mm-hmm. And then later he's had this drought in production, hits a 50, 50 ball to McLaren McLaurin. Sorry. Year two. I'll get it. And then the next play, he just throws it up and he's a big look off guy too. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, I, I, I forget who, DJ Reed just disguised the coverage perfectly and he's there, but he's looking him off. So it's kind of the same thing as the first one. When he throws the first one, he's in a groove. Second one, he just hit a big play. And in a game like this, you just have to understand that, like, I know you want to, I know you want to audition and that sort of shit, but this was a manage it game, even when you were down. And, and that's my point is the reason he had to throw 55 times where it's complicated because of the mistakes that he made. And then we know when you have to throw the ball 55 times in a game, shit's going to happen. Yes. You know, like that, like it's just, it's going to happen. And then look, and then look what happens at the yeah. end of the game. 53 of them were not disastrous. Yeah. Uh, but but when you go back and look and people were like, he did some nice things in the second half. I'm like, yeah, he did some nice things, but you want to see some like good to great things. Difference making shit. You know, and, and, that, and he did some nice things. And by nice, Scott Turner schemed up some really open dudes and he was picking mm-hmm. the Seahawks at times apart in two-minute mode, which, yep. again, context. The Seahawks, we haven't respected their 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 ability defensively all, all season long. There's been games where it's looked like seven on seven. It didn't quite look like that, but he picked up some momentum at the end and things were open. So and I and the finishing with two sacks, before I say this, like I remember when he got benched against the Ravens, one of the big gripes was red zone sacks, you know, bad decision making, that sort of thing. These weren't as bad. Listen, they were down to the twenty three and the, the the unfortunate thing is if Hopkins doesn't miss that extra point. Uh, forcing them to attempt a two-point and then missing that conversion. Yeah. A field goal ties it there. Yeah. But, you know, things are different. They're not playing. They're That's playing what I said. To, it was all complicated from what shit he did early in the game. Yes, and and here's you know? the deal. It, like, those two sacks, uh, the first one, either way, I can go either way on it. The second one, Dunlap runs Moses right over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's no time. So no. as much as I want to knee-jerk, be like, well, two sacks at the end of the game, you know, the, out of field goal range. By the way, Dunlap is 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 stacking the clutch plays, oh. the Cardinals sack, and then that one. That's that's crack cocaine to a defensive end, dude. <laughs> those, those I, I think he could be a difference maker in the playoffs, man. I really do. He's scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the disappointing part about Washington to me. They allowed Seattle to play their game because they were not stout against the run. Yeah. That was it. Yep. You know, the Seattle, they didn't have to baby Russ, but early on, this is the formula. When Seattle's playing somebody, they, they fear their four-man front because I've been on four-man fronts that Russ feared year in and year out. And sometimes mm-hmm. we got the... No big deal. Sometimes the bull got him. Yeah. You know, sometimes he got the bull. Mo- more times the bull got him. <laughs> But the the thing is, they're going to start the game and they're going to test you and see if you, they can run the ball because that's going to slow rushers down. And then you're going to get your seven and man he protection. Can feel things out. Yes, you get your seven man protection, which people are like, "There's no pass rush." I'm like, "Look how many people are in. These are three four man routes, <laughs> and the pocket's slightly moving, and you're already worried about your rush lanes with him." He tucked it for like 38 yards because Chase got Chase Young got greedy in a crease between two two tight ends, and in situations like that. You know, everybody's saying you got to contain Russell Wilson. But in that crease, you got to realize that your three technique, if he gets washed at all, that B gap, and for people at home, we're talking about rush lanes, widens tremendously. So you're not going to just run outside the second tight end because you're going to create a huge gash. So you got to just keep pushing up the field, and Russ is just going to run around the corner. So it's it sounds a lot simpler than it is to contain him. You have to worry about that. You have to worry about the play-action game which slows rushers down. They didn't even really get into their stuff 
with play action until like late in the first half. They just stuck to what they were doing. And the biggest fuck up by Washington is this. Out of the half, you're in a 13-3 ball game. You got this great defense. You got this tremendous front. And those guys play good at times today. What, what, you do, what you can't have is 94 takes some turns, has a couple bad plays, and then Sweat on that long Carlos Hyde run, which is like Carlos yeah. Hyde is not a 60-yard touchdown guy. Oh. No, I mean, that's, that, that's the game. The sa- that's the game right there. The safety slipped, uh, but what really happened was they're running a pressure and Sweat loops, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, rips into the B-gap. What you need to do in that situation is you got to close the air as if you were a five technique and the tackle comes down. There's a big B gap there, and Sweat chops his feet to go up the field instead of closing that space. Say, do anything you can to make that smaller. You got to make, and you you basically, in that situation, if if I slant down inside the tackle and I get like divide action, I need to close. Now I'm not sure yeah. how they play that, but I, I've never. And Sweat did some great things, and I think he's their best guy up front. I, I do, I really oh, do. Hot on, take. on the edge, he is. I got you. At this point. And I love Ryan I Kerrigan. You. I was in, I was incensed when they made him. I thought it was because he was a WDE. They made him the fifth guy. I mean, the franchise leader in sacks, he just broke the fucking record. He can still roll. And all of a sudden, it's just young guys left and right. But it makes sense because they've done a great job of developing him. He must be like George Mirasani batting another ball today. Come, come off coverage in the flat. They just, they're disruptive. They are. They are. But you got to stop the run. If you stop the run today, you win that game. Yeah. You win that game. Yeah. You win that fucking game. Um, And Russ does just enough, as we talked about. And that was our head-to-head game, too. Yeah. by a half point. I was right, and I was thinking about that because I did have him in real life I'm sure you were. I I unretired this weekend, by the way. Well, least shocking news I've heard. (laughs) But I was so smart about it. I was so smart about it. I I like Seattle to win the West. What say you? I mean, that's not be, yeah. me being overreactive. I've been on trust, that. man. Trust and Russ, man. It's just like I hate to go back to Rams Jets, but you saw what golf you were getting in the first quarter today. You saw. It. You knew it was going to be a struggle. East Coast golf. East Coast first half golf. I mean, the, listen, the Giants. I mean, they were playing an East Coast team. They were slow against those guys. That was a struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. They go up to Buffalo. They get jumped. Um, you know what happened today? They just the Rams are so variable. They're such a matchup team um, that I just I don't I don't trust them. Oh, you know what? I I got a question first because I didn't ask you. Okay. If you could put one non-playoff quarterback on a playoff team, who would it be this year? Just to have some fun with it. Oof. Hmm. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think I would take Matt Ryan. You know what? I didn't think about that because they are one of, they were one of the few teams that were uh, in the NFC, at least that were eliminated coming into today. It was Atlanta and uh, who was it? So uh, that conversation, you got, you got Stafford, it's really you got Stafford, Bridgewater, Bridgewater and, and Matt Ryan, unless I'm missing somebody. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the Vikings are still in the hunt. Oh, I got one. Yeah. Deshaun. Oh, duh. It's almost like we have to like, I'm talking about let's let let's take Deshaun Watson out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Here, how many teams could you put Deshaun Watson on that will win the Super Bowl right now? In the NFC? 
in the AFC and the NFC? All. All. I mean, listen, he of, of the playoff teams, he's on the Washington football team. They're winning a Super Bowl. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of Deshaun Watson, could you imagine if you threw Matt Ryan? I was going to say, we should keep this to a NFC. NFC, NFC okay, non-playoff team quarterback. NFC, Who would I take? NFC non-playoff team quarterback. By the way, Teddy Bridgewater, the more I watch Teddy Bridgewater play, and this is late in the day to to make the he's just he doesn't get enough respect. No, he he really has his own original way of playing, man. It really and I noticed it back in at Louisville, because I'm like, man, this guy, like, he doesn't wow you with his feet and he doesn't but he just constantly does the right thing. If that makes sense, like whether it's running the ball on third and four and getting the first down, making the check down, right. To, you know, to keep a, a manageable situation and not take a sack uh, to hit a deep ball when he needs to, he is, he's as consistent in his own way of doing things as, no as there is he's Rodney Dangerfield. And there you go. he's Rodney Dangerfield, and I mean, like, as much as I want to hold Joe Brady against anybody who shares the field with him, um, yeah. he's he's done it, and you know, he did it with Sean Payton too. So I guess, I, but and he wasn't the he wasn't that guy in Minnesota, but he's gotten better through his career, and I'm sure, yes. even if coordinators change, you know, the rest of his career, he's learned things from these really great play callers. That I mean, he just is not real flappable. I respect the hell out of him. I would, you know. There's some really likable quarterbacks who did not make the playoffs and are not going to make the playoffs this year. There is. I mean, between him, Matt, and Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, I'm thinking if you throw... Oh, my God. Could you imagine Matt Ryan on the Steelers? I know I'm breaking a rule here. Matt oh, Ryan wow. on a, Matt Stafford on the Steelers right now? Is this dangerous territory? Yes. Yeah, because you're just going to keep going. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just, listen, I, I think part of it is the offense there and they can't get the run game going, but I don't know. You might take some of those guys over Big Ben at this point. I don't know that I would, but... No, but you have that conversation for sure. We can have the conversation, yeah, for sure. I'd probably put Matt Stafford on the Washington football team for fun. Wow. Matt Ryan's had a... He was in the he, he was in the big the big show and he got you know definitely robbed. I'll, I'll give yeah. him that. Um, Again today, brutal. Yeah, and that that's that's one we definitely got to talk about um, as well in a few. I have my last question for you. Okay, buddy. We saw the Saints today, and man, that was – I don't want to say eye-opening because you're obviously watching when Mahomes is on the field and, and Breeze is coming back. But, like, we saw when the Saints' offense isn't working – and we saw the defense, I thought, play as hard and as well as they could against the best unit in, in the sport. Mm -hmm. But when – I mean, I, I know the AFC is a free-for-all, so that's why I, I didn't want to talk AFC here. I just – in the NFC, who do you trust? But also, like – I don't know if trust is the right word, but, like, the idea of, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if so-and-so makes the Super Bowl. Like, the Rams – the Rams would surprise me if they went to the Super Bowl. The Rams would actually, because it's not a match, they're such a matchup team. If they got the right matchups, I would not be shocked because they have a defense. They're going to have to get it three times. And listen, to me at least with the Rams, 
They got more good matchups than bad matchups now. Their bad ones are just abhorrent. They're just a very variable, variable team. You know, I, I made a joke today. I was like, did the, the, I didn't know the Niners snuck into the Jets uniforms today. And of course, then I had a bunch of Niners fans. <laughs> that must like, have made people Then happy. I had a bunch of Niners fans like, oh yeah, we were pretty bad. That's fucked up. I was like, I wasn't even talking about you. It was you, you snuck into the Jets uniforms and you don't even realize you own the Rams. Like that's the joke. <laughs> That like the Rams to me are just so they are untrustworthy. They're probably okay. Here you go. The Bucks are also all over the place. I all trust the, all, that. I trust I, them. More I trust than, them more than the Rams. No, I trust doubt. them more than the and Rams it's because but, of one position. It's because of one position. Yep. And I actually am going to push back because last week I saw a bunch of people on on TV on your worldwide leader of sports. Just it was like a fucking race to get off the Bucks bandwagon that nobody's really been on. I mean, the whole year has been about poking holes in the Bucks when most people that were sensible knew the most consistent team in a year where consistency mm -hmm. probably pays off is the Saints, maybe in the mm -hmm. NFC, maybe in the NFL. The Bucks are tracking right where they were supposed to be, 11-5-ish and -ish wild card. Mm -hmm. They've had some bad dips along the way. I do trust the Bucks. I still think they're contenders, especially what they did in the second half there. They just got to figure out who the fuck they are. The Packers, I hate their defense. I always have outside of Zedarius Smith as a guy up front. If they play somebody physical, they can go down any week. You'll see that the Titans game coming up here. Talk about a look ahead. I'm looking ahead to the Titans game as well. But I okay. might trust the Packers second most because their offense is that good and I'm looking at A.J. Dillon the other night, mm -hmm. and I'm saying, God damn, this guy's 250 pounds, mm -hmm. and it's getting cold out, and the dynamic they have this year that they don't have last year is it's not just Aaron Jones. you got changes of pace, and you can beat people up, and somehow Aaron Rodgers got better. Yeah. All right, so here's, here's, the, here's the fallback of this question. All right, Green, Bay's gonna be the, Green Bay is the one seed, okay? Who would you be surprised – to go to Lambeau and win to go to the Super Bowl. Would you be surprised if if New Orleans went there and won? No. No, because Which, it's about it, the physicality index. I would be surprised if the Seahawks went there and won. You would. I would. La I, wow. I don't I don't okay. I don't feel like it's a tremendous matchup for the Seahawks. And Seahawks were my Seahawks were my Super Bowl team now. I, I would Listen, the one team in the NFC, to answer your question, that I trust, I mean, I, I would have told you the same thing at the beginning of the season. It's the, it's the Saints. Mm -hmm. And I trust them because of today. Just talk about today for a second. It's <sighs> Listen, and first off, could you believe that Dallas and San Francisco cut into that shit? They couldn't get off the Dallas-San Francisco game. The whole country was like, yo, <laughs> come on. Like the whole country. We get a Bethard Hail Mary and everybody's like, get this shit off my screen, dude. Yeah, I don't want to see this. Even though that's our guy. By the way, that dude chucked it. That was like legit like 63 yards. <laughs> yeah, good for him. And that uniform combo is like, I can't. Wow. For me to not want to watch that game, that's wow. bad. Yeah. That's, that's bad. I'm, I'm, that's such a good point. With, with all the point. nostalgia, like that is like. In seven, that stadium. I just see the 75th year of the NFL logo, that blue logo yeah. with the 75 in there you yeah. remember that like Heck that's yeah. when like super bowl 30 era mid 90s 
Rod Woodson. Yeah. Uh, it was Rod Woodson picking off. I don't know who it was. The Cowboys, the Cowboys and the Steelers. The Cowboys, the Steelers, the Niners. Those were the. I was, was going to say that was the Niners throwback uniforms with Steve Young when they beat the Chargers oh, and Stan Humphreys. Beautiful. Yeah, I want to say it was '95. Yeah, I was uh, I was playing a game called Rampart uh, leading up to that on Sega Genesis. You remember that game? There you you just go. Build castles and shit. You remember that game? Yeah. You love that game. Oh, I love that game. I was also. I only play sports games. I don't. That was too hard for me. Well, I was a kid at the time, and I was. I I was at my friend uh, whose house was I at? I guess shout out Andy Rubin's house. Shout out Andy. I was at Blake Solomon's house when my dad was. Yeah, shout out to Blake Solomon wherever you are. Uh, I was at Blake's house when my dad was in the AFC Championship against the Bills, and it was like minus ten out there. Oh, fifty-one. Minus thirty, probably. Um, And. My dad jumped off sides five times, and we spent most of the game playing NHL hockey. So obviously, my dad downplayed his career because I'm sitting at a friend's house playing hockey, and when the game is over, I turn it on. It's the third quarter of my dad playing in the AFC Championship. Like nobody prompted me to watch that game. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyways, the Saints are the okay. most trustworthy, and today is a perfect example of why. And are you the Saints? Do you trust the Saints more than anybody in the NFC? No. Okay, I'll let you tell. I am scared to death of what I saw from their offense today in the first half. He couldn't complete a pass, Chris. I know, but we went through this. We went through this the first time they played Green Bay when Oakland I, beat them. And, and I, remember we wrote him I'm, off for dead. I'm not going to do it twice in one year. No, 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 no. I, I'm just like, I can't trust them. I cannot trust them. That's fine, but who do you trust what? more in the, in, in the damn NFC? I trust Green Bay. I trust Tampa Bay. I trust Seattle. Now, I will say this. I will say this. I think the team that's got the best chance to beat Kansas City in the NFC, and I said it last week, so I'll stick to it and not be a little bitch about it. I still think it's the Packers and the Rams. Wow. So you so you would take the Packers and the Rams, even though Tampa already played them. You don't think playing them already once this year helps them? I'm talking about – you talking about beating the Chiefs? Yes. No, I don't Tampa think, I don't think it helps them. I don't think they're a great matchup against them. I really don't. Wow. I really don't. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I definitely think Green Bay is a nice matchup. And the reason they're a good matchup is with Kansas City – I feel like everybody has it wrong. I feel like everybody thinks that it's about playing keep away. I feel like everybody no, thinks that it's no. about and it's about keeping pace. And and we've said that before. I feel like we've yep. talked about this, but like Green Bay can keep pace. And your problem if you're going to give up 35 points to Pat Mahomes, get in line, that's not the big deal. Can you yeah. score 35 with Pat Mahomes? And you hope that he's going to make mistakes. And he he made a couple errant throws today. Oh. I mean, he made some spectacular. He wasn't perfect, but he was fucking spectacular. I'll put it that way. And the Saints, okay? Here's why I trust them. And keep in mind, Drew Brees just came off of 11 broken ribs. And a. Mm-hmm. And if you hadn't heard that, uh, you know. Flak like, jacket. Flak jacket, the whole nine yards. He started 0 for 5. He was cold. The Saints allowed the Chiefs to get, like, really whatever they wanted in the red zone. The Chiefs were 4 or 5 in the red zone. And Brees went 15 to 34 on the day. So, an objectively bad day for Drew Brees, even with some of the garbage time stuff. They were atrocious on third down, and one of the very first third downs, they get a pick that sets up points. So my point is, all that, and they had a chance at the end. 
all that and they had a chance at the end against against the against the Chiefs. But you could say that the way the Chiefs are playing all year though. They don't they don't they're usually, not usually though it's anybody. Usually, and maybe I'm wrong. Usually it's and and Tampa did the same thing, but you trust the Bucks. They closed the the distance late. I like the idea that they played them already. I really do. I think that hel- I think that helps a ton. Just seeing what he does behind there, and I see because when you said you got to keep pace with him, I think you got to, and I think you got to keep pace with him defensively against him because you have to be able to change up things, you have to be able to change up where you bring pressures from, and you have to constantly make him uncomfortable. But the, the, but I, the, yes, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But then there's games where the Bucks just don't get home, and I don't get it. So. Like yeah. with the Saints, my thing is they got after Mahomes' ass, and you're talking about 18 pressures or whatever it was, or like he was just yeah. Like shout out to my boy Trey Hendrickson also with two How sacks. About that hit man. You, you, yeah. Do you think that at some you think they're going to put him in the Pro Bowl because I know sometimes you know confirmation bias. <laughs> there's on no guys. way there's a Pro Bowl this year. No, but I mean they not put him in the Pro Bowl, but vote him in. You know. One of the, it's nice when they say for whatever the fuck that game means that Pro Bowler X. You know how many times I've gone on the radio and I've been like, uh, "What are they going to intro me as?" Because they're like, "Fuck, he never made a Pro Bowl." Like I can't say that at the beginning. Like it's just the biggest racket. But I would love to see Trey get one. He's got he had ten and a half coming has, in. I think has he had anyone ever gone with that look with the tight long sleeves and no gloves, no tape on his hands? It's one of the most swagless looks of all time. It's it's amazing, but to I me. love it. And he's wearing ninety one. And when it, we had Cam Jordan on here, I'm very proud to say I said early in the season, you know, how's Trey? He's like, well, Cam was like, well, I know he watched a lot of Kerrigan and Chris Long. I know he watches <laughs> y'all's tape nonstop, and it's true. He's got the swipe. He's got all that stuff. And I oh, hope. I hope that he gets. That was pretty nice. Yeah, and I hope he gets the. I hope he gets the the uh, the notoriety for it. And he's not just a guy that, although it helps to rush opposite opposite Cam. Hey, that sack Cam. late in the game that was game changing for them didn't happen with Cam on the other side because Cam threw that punch. Yeah, and was ejected. By the way, a lot of times you can get away with that. He was kind of unlucky. You would know. And the point, yeah, I would. Know. You would know. I've been ejected twice, <laughs> and I didn't get away with it sometimes, but. The point is with Mahomes, if you notice his drop target, I don't know if you ever watched this, he gets his own line in trouble. He gets his own line in trouble a lot, and fans at home don't know shit like about drop targets. One of my biggest pet peeves, watching rushers and watching quarterbacks, hearing people complain about Mitchell Schwartz getting beat five times because Mahomes got hit. Mahomes, when he got sacked by... Um, Trey Hendrickson late in the game. You know what his drop target was? 12 yards. Do you know what you're supposed to rush to? Like a winning rush and one-on-one pass rush. They put the fucking tennis ball for you to pick up at seven and a half yards. A quarterback sets at eight and climbs to six, depending on who it is. Pat Mahomes drifts to 12, and I get it because he has to make plays, but that, that gets him hit a lot. And the Saints knew how to rush him and his drop target. So that's why I would say like, I think they can hit him enough times to make him make mistakes. They got a puncher's chance. And all the mistakes they made today, they're still in it. So, I mean, golly. It it was was one amazing thing, like talking about Andy Reid and Eric Bianami. They never get um, offensive linemen downfield. Yeah. Like their O line does an amazing job at that. Yeah, like I, I could be wrong. I don't look at the numbers of those stats, but they never get called for that. And they and run and they and run the most un- unorthodox stuff. That's that's what I'm saying. Like normally, those guys are just oh screw it, let's go downfield. But 
I, it's amazing to me. It stood out today. And, and like I watched a couple of times, the center, like just standing there. And you know what they do a lot? They peel back because mm-hmm. they know it's a, they have to do a drill with, with something like that, where it's, where it's time. And it's like, all right, I got beat. I'm going to turn around now because I mean, it's not cheap or anything, but they're going to get guys because they know he is creating all that time and space behind them. And it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. I, I it really is. We're so lucky to watch Reed and Peyton go at it. And it wasn't the prettiest yeah. game uh, no. ever, but you could just see it. I just like, there were some things I saw the chiefs do today and it's every week. I just want to like do a segment where it's like, I just want to list the fucked up shit they do to defenses. <laughs> I mean the first drive, by the way, the, the drive out of the half, the two drives out of the half were like just clinics. And it just goes to show you when teams go back to the, the locker room, I'm judging coaches on like when I see that first drive out of the half, yeah. shoddy did a great job today. Shoddy yep. hats off to him. Who's been much maligned sometimes because he wouldn't let Russ cook. And now he's, letting Russ cook too much, and then today he's doing it just right, cooking it just mm-hmm. right. Those two drives <laughs> coming out of the half were unbelievable. You talk about New Orleans just right down the field. Um, but then Kansas City, it's that reinforcement of, oh, yeah, great drive. We got one that's better. Like, you'd put together your best drive of the day, and now you're hoping to go get a three and out and turn the tide, and we're going to do the same fucking thing, and we're going to do it sexier, and we're going to finish it with something cool. And that's why I think New Orleans, though, is a threat to Kansas City because you talk about like smash mouth physical, but you can't just be a three yards in a cloud of dust team because no. too many of those come up empty. What New Orleans does well is they create a run game in so many different ways. You know, like the mm-hmm. screen game, you know, um, K- Kamara's like two positions in, in one. Yeah. That's why I think they can hang with them. But look at what Mahomes did, man. Look at some of these throws, man. The, the, the third and nine, Hardman. the third and nine, Hardman? the third and fifteen, the touchdown to Hardman, the touchdown to Hardman. He literally is backpedaling with ninety four on him. Mm-hmm. He has to wait for he has to wait for Watkins and Kelsey to clear, and both of them think they're getting the ball, yeah. and he's just like, uh, 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 no, he no, just no, threw no, it to a spot in the in the back of the end zone. That was incredible. Behind you. He also had a third down to Watkins over the, the middle right on the fourth. Yeah, just the the little uh, here. I'm oh, gonna no, put it right over there. Yeah, it. yeah, that's a different one. Yeah, Amazing. I mean, they're, they're they're unbelievable. You you've got you've got a, an option right off the snap. It was like a stationary pitch to Kelsey down in the goal line. Uh, you also had a speed. Yeah, it was like option. a Gene Hackman and Hoosiers chess pass. Yes, dude, it was a basketball pass. And then you do like a. St- <laughs> By the way, bad movie. I think I just lost you for the interview. Stop. I don't like the movie. Speech was is overrated. That's great. As well. Okay, that's I'm just great. Telling you, it's just like, and all the actors are. We like disagree clear. on plenty of things. Well, all the actors are clearly like twenty four. They look actually thirty six, uh, which makes sense, but not high school kids don't like the movie. Let me just move okay. on to not get you. Not, Rob, you it's football to, season. Okay, it's football season. I also don't like Remember the Titans. Of course you don't. Of course I don't. <laughs> Give me some North Dallas forty. Uh, so. You know, all this crazy stuff they do, the speed option with the underneath shovel. Here was the thing. Here was the thing for me, the hidden the hidden thing that this guy hasn't forgot it. Ancelone, the special teams guy, felt terrible for him. He's trying to jump on the ball before the half. First off, everybody's looking at him like, well, five points. I don't know if everybody's doing this, but I'm bringing it up. 
five points is the difference in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he picks that ball up, that's a touchdown, instead it's a safety, and it was an absolute gift. But the idiot is actually <laughs> the guy running backwards with the ball fielding a punt yeah. under 20 yeah. seconds to go. Those are the mistakes yeah. that will get Kansas City yep. beat. Great and point. that's why I always say about Kansas City is they're just a little bit willy-nilly sometimes for my liking. No sound doubt. like an old man yelling at a cloud. Uh, and by the way, that'll be my hollow man for today. Ancelone, hollow man. I feel terrible about it. I feel terrible about it. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I got to get my body between the goal, the, the, the end line and the ball, and you're in such a rush to beat the ball to the end line that you just don't fall on it. Yeah. Ugh. No doubt. That ended up being the difference. So another question for Kansas City, Clyde Edwards, he, he lair. Mm. What the hell didn't is going look on? Good. It didn't look good, did it? I walked out of the room. I didn't see it. Mm-mm. So um, D-line got lost in the shuffle. They played great, too. So mm-hmm. Kansas City still probably, after Pittsburgh's recent troubles, the favorite in the AFC. Let me ask you this, then, because you asked me who I trust the most in the NFC. Who do you trust the least in the AFC out of that playoff picture? Oof, that's a really good question. That's, I got a lot of them. <laughs> obviously man i want to say see that's 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 why i asked you the nfc because i feel like the afc is an absolute free-for-all i really would not be sh- like yeah i'd be shocked if cleveland went to kansas city and won and or tennessee went to the super bowl yeah. but i also think that I, I don't trust indianapolis you know what it's funny dude can anybody trust the Steelers right now? Am I like, listen, I've been one of the last people to even look into the water over the edge of the boat. Like, I'm still on the boat. Look, fuck, I got them in the Super Bowl, so I kind of got to. Is that a thing like in, in sports media? What, do I still get credit if I jump off the bandwagon for my preseason pick? I just act like I never jumped off the bandwagon. Uh, why? You want to? No, I don't really want to, but you could make a case for them being just completely untrustworthy. Run game's been been an issue. Um, they play down, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not necessarily playing down isn't necessarily what the postseason's about. The defense certainly travels. They 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 played two games in like five days, and people forgot about that recently, and they look bad. Yeah. Um, no, I trust them. I I trust them. The Ra- I, the Ravens are still riding off two Browns wins essentially, and yeah. a, and a Colts win, yeah. a team that was struggling when they beat them. So. I think the Ravens are maybe they if can. they if they pl- if they played tomorrow at a neutral site, Cleveland, Baltimore. Who are you picking? Baltimore. I'm picking Baltimore. I am because I just you again, trust their defense. I I just trust their defense to get healthy. Although I think they're bullies and they got to prove it to me that they can beat somebody outside the Browns. Uh, yeah. They, like I know we're moving the goalposts a little bit. Hey, fucking Lamar played great the other night. Right off the yeah. shitter, if you believe that, fourth and two, you know, bait the I defense. couldn't believe they throw they threw the ball there. I thought that was an unbelievable call. I thought one hundred percent he was running it. Hard not to love the dude. I mean, oh, listen, the player you, you got. Did questions. you see him today? They brought in the kid Hunley, who's a rookie from Utah quarterback. He was running around like it was backyard football 
and you know, he got a series at the end of the game. Lamar couldn't stop laughing really? on the sideline. Really? It was it it was so awesome. He just seemed like a great watch. guy to play with. You know what yeah, I mean? Like he's you just, just fun you, as hell. So I mean, I again I'm glad they won that game. I still would put them on the trust index pretty low because of and another thing with the with the Saints, it's hard to call them trustworthy, ironically, because they've had the most crushing exits in the playoffs the past that's, few years. That's but but and I know it's a bit of a pattern. They had no control over the Rams thing. And I think if they if they go play that Super Bowl, and believe me, I get annoyed because Damashek will do this. Damashek's like, well, Maurice Jones Drew said that, you know, he thinks the Jags would beat you guys that year if they beat the Patriots and, and got in the Super Bowl. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. We would drag the J- Jaguars by their I would drag the we would drag those motherfuckers out of the stadium by their face masks. Leonard Fournette in an inside run and Blake Bortles. Blake's my dog, but we would have got after their ass. Yeah. Nick Foles would have just he would have he would have had his way. But I will say this, as much as I'm not a fan of doing the hypothetical thing, because the Saints have also done it to us and well, beat the Vikings and don't let the music the Minnesota miracle happen. Those exactly. were tough ways. Those were tough ways to exit. They weren't like they just got beat. But 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 teams have seen that happen, and that's why I I I know nobody is afraid of anybody at that level. But like, there's even I think Aaron Rodgers is way more feared than the Saints' offense. No doubt about it, he's way more feared. But on the other end, you have a defense that can be competitive. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. And, and and that's good, you're, good you're just more of a complete team. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I probably I probably trust in the AFC. Gosh, relative to their value, I might to their seating, I might trust the the Steelers the least, followed by the Browns. Actually, I tr- I might trust the Browns the least, dude. I hate to yeah, I hate to do that to them. Mm. I hate to do that to them. But you know what? The AFC has a bunch of teams that can win it all or lose the first round. Uh, you know, Titans included with their defense. You know, you talk about the Colts. You don't trust them. I'm starting to trust them more. So, okay, one of us is wrong. What's your dream Super Bowl? Wow, great question again, Christopher. Yeah, I'm um, full of them, dude. I'm like bursting at the seams with great questions. Is it bad if I say I don't want to see Kansas City in the Super Bowl? No, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I just wouldn't want to see what I saw today again. Something about that game yeah, doesn't like, interest I, me that much. Yeah, I just It's really actually not as hard as you think once I uh once I tell you. Really? What your Super Bowl prediction? Steelers, Seahawks? No, I mean besides my Super Bowl <laughs> prediction. My and by the way, I had the score and everything. I don't remember what it was, but it's that's the Detroit Super Bowl rematch from when I was in college and Ben threw for like a hundred yards oh. and they won. It's one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. It might be no, no. I went the only Super Bowl I ever went to. Remember when you got that award? Yeah, which one was that? You talking about the 13 to 3 game? Yes. That was more exciting was f- than than Seahawks Broncos. I hated no. the Seahawks back then cuz we used to beat them and then they'd go and beat That's win the point. Super Bowl by 40. I was in a Miami hotel room with a buddy watching that Super Bowl and I just could not stop drinking. I was so depressed by the fact that a team from our division was winning Super Bowls and we was yeah. I'm going to Packers Packers Bills. Bills. Packers wow. Bills. Packers Bills would be absolutely incredible. Oh. And Bills Browns AFC Championship. Oh. <laughs> oh. Bro, all the cold weather fucking hardy folks that have been just, oh. 
you basically get the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie when it comes to like overweight men that like to be outside with their shirts off in the winter. I'm, I'm it's the Green it right Bay now. guys. I'm tweeting it right now. It's the Green Bay Dream guys. A- oh. it's, it's the Green Bay guys that are used to being outside and getting hypothermia drunk at a game, but they do it for something. They've been doing it for something. They have rings. And then it's the Buffalo guys who've been doing it for nothing. Been doing it for nothing. I would love to see that matchup. Oh, I'd rather see Bills Browns than any Super Bowl matchup. And people ask who the best who's got the best shot to to beat the Chiefs, and this isn't a flavor of the month thing. Guess who's getting hot again? The Bills. Defense is back. Linebackers are healthy. Like they yeah. And you know McDermott could coach some defense. Absolutely. And you know, who would have thought that they would give up 10 more points a game for most of the year this year? Yeah. It makes no sense. There's got to be a return to some, like, average. Even if it's five more points a game, they could just be a little bit better and they could do enough if Josh gets hot here. So that would be a dream. You said it. It's all about the matchups. New England's like, out. Ding dong. God. For a lot of people, ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Uh, and your, and your, your boys down there uh, dethroned them. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Hey, any way you could get a win. Get and, a win. You know they, this league. And it was any way. And honestly, I thought I thought this was a nice learning experience for Tua. Mm-hmm. You know, they they come down and early in the Pick game, in the end zone. They get a they get he threw, throw the ball right at J.C. Jackson, basically with yeah. Chase Winovich hanging all over him. Late in the game, it comes full circle. They get a chance to put these guys away. Uh, they bring pressure. J.C. Jackson unblocked off the edge. He pumps him and gets him in the air. Mm-hmm. So same player that robbed him earlier. He got the last laugh in the end zone, and you never jump as a rusher. It's the hardest thing in the world, but they always it tell is. you if you're a free runner, do not jump. Don't fall for the pump fake. Run through him. It's impossible to do because we we jack everybody off who gets a PBU like it's the, a Hall of Fame play. Like J.J. Watt's yep. one of the best players of all time, right? J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt... I never got moved by him knocking balls down. But the average fan just, oh, you see how many PBUs this guy's got? Do you know what PBUs, why PBUs happen? Because you're nowhere near the quarterback usually. It's, it's, like the, it's like my infatuation with block shots in basketball. It's so overrated. Is, are block shots overrated in basketball? I think so. Well, it can't be as overrated as a PBU. And I'm not saying overrated for the value of the team, but a PBU is one of the most overrated stats for an individual player for the value of a team it doesn't mean anything from a skill standpoint it just means that you were in the window and you jumped up and you're tall montez sweat and jj watt jj watt is one of the best rushers i've ever seen i was just never like oh man look at the way he breaks up passes long arms montez sweat might be like george mirasan's nephew or something because that motherfucker is knocking down passes like he He's going to start doing the finger wag like JJ. Um, but that was huge for, for Tua because, I mean, you knock off. And listen, Miami did it last year, but it was with Fitzy. And they did it to a better New England team with a worse Miami team. But this is that monkey on their back where it's like, we get to kill them for the rest of the country in the division. And, you know, they damn near did it Bill's way, one with like seven field goals. But a yep. huge win for B Flow. They're alive. They got to win out probably. And Xavier Howard, who I don't know if you saw that that uh, DPOY. Golly, he might be in the conversation. He has. He to is be. in the conversation. Is a pick every week. Who you put the the? I got four. Who you got? My top four. 
Because oh, it man. should be pretty stand. It should be T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, uh, Miles Garrett, and uh, Xavier Howard. The only thing I would hold against Miles, and I'm not saying because I, I have a hard time like judging how, and Miles is my guy, but I have a hard time judging what how you win the award. Do you win it? Can your defense be pretty lackluster too? That's it's that's a dicey thing. The other three guys, their defenses are really good, and that's not a reflection on Miles. Like I'm not saying that, but just traditionally, it's hard to give it. And Xavier Howard, I mean, he's doing unprecedented things. So yeah, and here's the thing: in a league where how many more passes are thrown than five years ago? Exactly, and you know what? Like a there's big, a lot more pressure on those guys. What a big difference Stephon Gilmore did. Stephon Gilmore gave the Pats a ring. Okay. Like yeah. Stephon Gilmore, and by the way, he went down in a non-contact. I haven't gotten an mm. update on that, but it didn't it wasn't look good. Pretty either. Stephon Gilmore, this guy in Buffalo who was always thought of as a really good player, gets the national spotlight, gets good pieces around him, but he's the reason at this point, uh, making that run for them, that they were able to take you know your best player away, bring all types of exotic, aggressive pressures, that sort of thing, like be blitz mm -hmm. heavy, play man. It's because they have a guy like that. Yeah. And having that guy down there, and as big as the Byron Bell, um, uh, Byron Jones, excuse me, Byron Bell's an offensive lineman. I think they used to play for the Panthers, and it's late. <laughs> but Byron Jones hadn't had a pick since, and you can't just measure things off of a pick. It's taken the pressure off of Byron Jones because Byron Jones, mm -hmm. if he was alone out there, first pick since 2017 or whatever it was, or 18 yeah. last week. People, it's just a bigger deal, but the whole defense is playing well. Xavier Howard makes a play every week that just your jaw drops. He made such a DPOY play this this week, just stripping the football on a cam completion in the middle of the field. Just mm -hmm. the timely plays that they need every week. I would say, honestly, it's coming down to him and TJ Watt, in my opinion. Yeah, TJ's got a big stage for Monday Night Football tomorrow night, too. Because I don't think Miles got a sack tonight. I'm not. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, it's wrapping up as we speak, and I'm not even so. going to really talk about that game. It just looks all types of ugly. Cleveland mm -hmm. took care of business. Washington football teams in the driver's seat, baby. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I thought it was really smart sitting Alex this week too. Probably they, they could still win everything. Yep. They they uh I think they finished with the Eagles and uh, let's see who do they have left? Cowboys. Eagles and the Cowboys, I believe. Yeah. Rams, we talked about the Rams. They finished with, by the way, the Rams, um, the Rams uniforms look beautiful today. Yeah. What the hell were they doing wearing those awful practice? It looked like laundry uniforms. You don't like the bone. No, they're awful. Are you, give actually, me white. I, give me gray. Don't give me dirty white. I actually think it's working pretty well for them. I hate to tell you that because there was, there's nobody that loved the throwback Rams jerseys as much as I did. Like when we wore those, the Eric Dickersons, I felt like. But Jack you guys Dickerson. never wore the white ones. No, and that and they that from a distance on the high camera today looked like the old Nolan Cromwell. Yes, the, yes. You know what I mean, and, that's what I'm saying. They've never worn those. You guys always wore the blue. I know it was pretty cool to see them do something like it. It's just different, and honestly. I don't know if it's because Jalen Ramsey looks cool as fuck in that uniform and how could Aaron Donald yeah. not look cool? Like they got enough yeah. guys that they got some likable players out there, man, between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, oh. two of my favorite receivers in the league. This kid Akers who got a couple, I mean, that guy was unlucky as hell today. Yeah. Uh, he looks faster in the pros than he did in college.
<laughs> yeah, he didn't have much where to run because his old line was so bad. At Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, and the last thing with New England, I'm sure a lot of New England fans were like, the season basically ends on a Cam Newton sack. You know, like it's just been it's been that kind of year. And and what's really fucked up about that whole situation, if you're a, Pat- a Patriots fan, is the 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 Bucks were just kicking off after having scored oh, however many yeah. points in the second half, 31-27, they just go up, they're kicking off, they basically completed the comeback with uh, Tommy, you know, uh, T- Tampa Bay down there, and you are losing your first division crown in X amount of years to the Dolphins. And it was just one of those full circle moments. Yeah. The Pats have had two of those in two years. Last year was Kansas City clinching home field, basically. Uh, and as they were losing, as they were losing to the Dolphins, and this year they're losing to the Dolphins, and on the other end of things, Tom is completing a comeback. So for whatever that's yeah. worth, it's just a weird year. It is. And Antonio yeah. Brown got going today. It's only going to get weirder. Yes. So I saw a good. I saw a good sign today. It said, "It said you think 2020 was bad? Wait till 2020 turns 21 and starts drinking." <laughs> Can we, uh, do you, do you think our parents will let us get together and drink in 2021, Steve? Man, I know I want to. I'd love to. I think last time we hung out feels like, uh, eight years ago is in New Orleans for the for real. national championship game. For real. Yeah. We're coming up on a year on that. That's crazy. Uh, it was a good trip. We got to find a way to get down to New Orleans. Yeah. Shout out uh, to our boy T Cap. Shout out to uh, to all the the New Orleans folks down there. Uh, mm. You guys, you guys owe us another trip. So yeah, maybe things, things get taken care of here, and me and Steve will do a, a live show in New Orleans. I'm in. Shit. Okay. All right. We'll get one, Steve. Get, get one of them planes. Yeah, one of them planes. <laughs> one of those Van Pelt planes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does Van Pelt have one of those planes? Hey, his dog Otis. Yeah. He said, "Yeah." Like, shout out. Shout, Shout out, out to Otis. Otis. I mean, oh. I would I could be asking how he's doing with COVID. I hope he's 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 fine. He's good. But I'm asking him I'm asking about his dog who tours ACL. Chase Winovich is supposed to come on the pod later this week to talk about selling a dog treadmill. And I want to be the first celebrity um dog treadmill brokerage company. I think oh. it's a it's pretty clear to me that Otis needs a treadmill. Yeah. Otis gets treated very well, don't you worry. Talk to the big fella. Just put in a word about the treadmill. I get a commission on every right. dog treadmill I sell. Winovich is trying to unload one. You get the idea. We'll do it. All right. We'll uh, we'll Partner. see we'll see we'll see you Friday for the gambling show. Um, yes. And uh, I, I heard good, you were I had, hesitant. I had a good. Day. I heard you were hesitant about Yellowstone. Just watch the show. Like watch seriously, it. the first the first show was like a fucking soap opera. Watch it. The first the first what episode else, was like what a, else are you doing? I don't know. Somebody said I look like the guy that got wasted over some cattle in the first episode. You know the guy? Mm. One of his kids? Yeah. <laughs> one of his kids. <laughs> the one that got wasted. Did the bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will be, I am upset. They're trying to tell me that nobody, all those cowboys on that show, nobody dips. Disappointing. I dip. Maybe I should be on Yellowstone. I probably, I used I'd to. probably bring some, some charisma to some of these scenes. Fuck me, dude. I don't even know if I can act, but I mean I figure you would watch the show after they film it at your house. <laughs> we don't stay in Yellowstone. All right, buddy. I'll see you I'll see you uh later this week for the gambling.
My man, I appreciate you. All right. You too. See you.